Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. I'm Mandy. And this week was Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day kicked off this this week's proceedings. Yeah, uh, we're actually recording this on Tuesday, which is a new thing for us. Typically on Saturdays, we're like, we should record Saturday. And then we don't do that. And then we record on Sunday instead. And this time... We forgot to do that, and we're like, it's okay, we'll record on Monday. Yeah, that was how we were going to end our Valentine's Day. We were going to sit and record, we were going to watch an episode of The Nanny, and then we were going to record a podcast, and what we did instead will astound you. We didn't do that. We didn't. I got home, and you were just asleep. Yeah, I I was absolutely passed out on the bed, because I didn't have a great night's sleep on Sunday night. Yeah, so you were just... (laughs) You you were just honk shoe, and I, we're I, actually I like somewhat you. distressed when you woke up because you did not mean to honk. I didn't you. mean to fall asleep. No, that was you're right, and I realized I think that's kind of we are about to hit the fifth year of our relationship. We are we are ending our fourth year, and what better way to kind of celebrate our love than to fall asleep? Instead of doing the thing we were going to do to celebrate our love. I mean, the best part of it was that this was pretty much the first Valentine's that we actually could have together. Yeah. Because typically either there's work or you have Gallifrey Mm. or I had a pole show. So we typically didn't spend Valentine's Day together. And this was the one of like, oh, neither of us are doing anything. Let's just Uh, have a nice evening in. Have a nice evening. And it was like, sleep. In fairness, we did have a nice evening in. We did have a nice evening. I just evening. didn't have a lot of energy, which is why we didn't record. Yeah. But we, we sat down, we played Untitled Goose Game, we had a dinner. We had a frozen pizza. We had a frozen pizza. <laughs> it, was, in fa- it was a good frozen pizza. It was a classy frozen pizza. It was alright. It, it, pep- it was a pepperoni it rising was, crust. It was pepperoni, but was it uh, was it that, uh, like organic 365, like the, the Amazon Fresh... No, it's Upper. Target brand. Oh, it was it was a Target brand. Okay, I thought I didn't recognize the box. I thought it was the the fancy three sixty five Whole Foods slash Amazon Fresh yeah. brand. And we we had that, and we watched Futurama, which is uh not the show that we record no a, a podcast about. Not even a little bit. No, although it is worth pointing out that Futurama is coming back for the I think third time. There's so many times that it's been brought back. It, this is the fourth time because you yeah. have you have the movies. And then Comedy Central commissioned, I think, four seasons, two production seasons. And now Hulu's bringing it back. And then technically, like, people also count, like, there was a crossover with The Simpsons. And I guess there was, like, an audio thing that they were also technically brought back for. They did an audio thing with uh, Nerdist, I think. Um, to promote, I, I'm pretty sure that was to promote one of the movies. No, it wasn't. It was after the show was cancelled. Yeah. So if we were counting all of those things, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't count the Simpsons crossover, it bad. Uh, Futurama is the same age as my brother, who's about to like graduate from college. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> your brother was born in like 98, 99? 99. Yeah, that's wild. Dan is actually, because like it started airing, like the he's like slightly older. Wow. Like when did it when did it start airing? Um, I want to say it started airing in nineteen ninety nine because I remember what I, I came when I came to visit when I was thirteen. I lived with my dad for three months, my dad and my stepmom, and I remember watching it going out. Oh, March twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine. So my brother's two months older than it. Wow. One month and like thirty days because uh, he was born on the January twenty ninth. Cool. So now the our listening audience knows when your brother's birthday is. Any other personal information about your brother we want to put out there, like inside leg measurement? You want his? You want his social? Look at his social. Yeah, social. It begins. There's seven, an eight in it. Seven eight three <laughs> five four six nine six nine. Nice. Four twenty. Six nine. Six nine six nine. <laughs> Beautiful. That, that is the thing. Someone somewhere must have the social security number of four twenty six nine six nine six nine, right? Like, they just stands to reason. You. Or it'd be six nine six nine six nine four twenty. It's listen. Someone's got it. There's going to be a four twenty wrapped in sixty nines. I feel like they couldn't have it because if someone was just putting in a social security number, like just randomly to steal them, that's the number that you do. That's the number that you would do. I've watched you sign up to websites, and no, that's not true. <laughs> sign up to websites with my social security. Yeah, number. like you know all those websites that take your social security number. Well, that's what you you use your social security number as your username, which I think is <laughs> dangerous. Like you're 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 World of Warcraft, and you're playing as General six two three eight four twenty thirty seven. What what is what is this podcast about? 
Um, it's, well, we dox each other accidentally, and we dox our family members, and it generally causes a lot of drama and strife, and we get angry emails from our relatives asking why they're victims of identity theft. Thoft? Thoft. Thoft. Here's the thing. That bit was going very well. I'm very happy with how it was going. And then I said Thoft. You said Thoft. And now you can't cut out Thoft because what the fuck are we going uh, to be talking about? Identity Thoft is what happens when you pretend to be an Avenger. Oh, because Thor. Yes. I, w- I was going to go for Identity Thoft is uh, when you're very chill about it, it's a soft theft. Uh, identity Thoft is when you steal a thought's identity. <laughs> Oh, that's what happened to me. <laughs> anyway, what is this podcast? Um, we talk about the uh, sugar milling techniques of the late 18th and early 19th century. No, we talk about the sugar milling techniques of this ass getting those sugar daddies, milling those daddies. Which brings us to identity theft. Now, if you're not careful, your sugar daddy will steal your social and then share it on a podcast where they talk about the nanny. Uh, what episode of The Nanny did we watch? We watched season two, episode ten, The Wine Cellar. Wine is spelt with an H. So it's the Heine Cellar. The Heine Cellar. The Heine Cellar. The Heine Cellar. Oh, they're selling their Heinies? Selling their Heinies. And what is that on HBO Max, Mandy? On HBO Max, it is season two, episode eight. So we're a couple behind. HBO Max is a couple behind because of that weird order. Yeah, uh, we're not sure if we will ever catch up. Who knows? I feel like there was a, season one is probably the only time we're going to get them daily double sync ups. I'm sure there's probably at some point in like later seasons that it'll like sync up because they'll likely do another one where the uh, numbers in a season don't match up. So it'll be like mm. wildly off for a bit, and then we'll get like a brief aligning of the the planets, the stars. Do you want to just stop talking about um, uh, stealing social security numbers and actually talk about the Oh, I would love to. Well, instead I'm going to dock some more people. Greg Phillips of uh, 10625 Harcourt Boulevard. His social is 8686. They are getting ready for a party uh, because it is uh, Sylvia's... 50th birthday and i hesitate because uh they make it clear that it is not really her 50th birthday but they also don't say what it is instead they're leaning very heavily into the idea of oh women in the 90s don't they cap out at like that's the max level it's like playing world of warcraft in 2003 you hit level 50 and you stop yeah, I mean, like, I, I won't lie, I know people who do that with their 30s, where they just, yeah. like, but it's more of a ha joking thing, of they'll be like, oh, it's my third 30th birthday, which I am actually approaching that number, because it'll be my 30th birthday this year. This but, year you're going to turn 30, yeah. Yeah, but I've already kind of jumped on that, where I usually just tell people that I'm 30, because I fucking hate telling people that I'm in my 20s and they're like, oh, you're a baby! You're a baby! You're doing the taxes, but you're a baby! You've got so far to go. Life is just beginning for you. Be like, oh, it's all gonna go to shit and you're gonna be ugly in two years. So no, I I just tell people I'm 30 already. In many ways, 30 is the new 29. 30s and the new 69. 420 is the new 69. What? We're just going to be talking about 69, 420. It has nothing to do with the episode. 69 is the new 420. (laughs) Get high with a friend. Don't suck on that doobie, suck on a dick. That's my new anti-drug campaign. Don't (laughs) suck on a doobie, suck on a dick. If you're going to regret something, regret this penis. Why are you assuming that there's a penis involved in the 69? I guess it's just easier. It's easier to suck on a dick than to suck on a vagina? It's just, it's longer. So like when you're getting the, because like, I was about to go on a tangent. This is probably way too personal and you're going to cut it. (laughs) But like, for example, you and I cannot really 69. Oh, we are not proportionate. Because our proportions are way too fucking off. You have a you have a torso like a pound cake. It's just short, <laughs> wide, and squat with arms on it. I call my torso wide? That's so mean. Uh, but it's like a pound wrong. cake in that it is sweet and I want it in my mouth. <laughs> it tastes vaguely of lemon. 
You can buy them in bulk at Costco. But it it makes it easier if you are not proportionally like the same. Yeah. Because the pingle is long. Like if it's like it'll reach out to you and it'll kind of close the gap. It's kind of like when you're stretching and you're doing different stretch purposes and you're supposed to like reach behind you and grab your foot. I can't do that. I'm not flexible. And the teacher will be like, "Have a towel." And you can kind of like grab it or you tie something to your foot and then you can grab it that way and it'll close the gap. The pingle will close the gap. The penis uh, is very much the towel of the body. Uh, but a uh, bajine will not close the gap. No. No, the 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 the, uh, the bajingo really wants you to make the effort. Yeah, like you gotta you be- have to, you, you have to be all up in it. <laughs> like you are losing inches because you need to be inside of it. Yeah. There's a, a lot of- uh, Wasted space. <laughs> There's a lot. Of, this is awful. This is the worst thing we've ever talked about on the podcast. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we've talked about like mass murder and Donald do, Trump. Do you know the thing of like the reason why um, historically women are per- perceived as like demure and shy is because the vagina is like that. And they just assume like, oh, it's not all out like a penis, so it must be shy. And that's how women are. I'm sorry. What would an out vagina look like? A pingle. It's like, well, what I'm picturing, did you ever have one of those toys where it was like a plush toy that was a happy thing and then you turned it inside out and it was a monster? Yeah. That's what I'm picturing, an out vagina. I'm not saying it's monstrous. A pingle is just a big clitoris. But it's because it's the same stuff, and it just decides whether to be an any or an Audi in utero. Shit's the same. I'm really glad we're having this talk. Here's your I'm ed- learning so Here's much. your education. All the shit starts off the same, and then your body, like, it, the chromosomes just say it doesn't want to be an any or an Audi, and sometimes it goes a little in between. We should open every episode with biology facts so that students have an excuse to play this podcast in their science classes. <laughs> a biology fact by someone who is drunk and does not entirely remember what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, what, is, what is a penis if not an inside-out vagina? <laughs> that tracks. Anyway, the nanny. Anyway, they are prepping, prepping for Sylvia's birthday. Doomsday preppers, the, if you will. The, it's not doomsday preppers. <laughs> this episode has a bomb shelter in it. It does have a bomb shelter in it, but we will get to that. I So Maxwell has ostensibly, I say ostensibly, he's definitely, because it's remarked upon in dialogue, lent the entirety of the house for Fran's mother's surprise 50th birthday. The surprise apparently being that she's turning 50 again because she knows it's a surprise She party. knows it and there's a lot of like very cute, she will be out the side of the door and be like, whoa, a surprise! And she does it multiple times. Like she comes in during this while they're prepping. Yeah, this is like a this is like a rehearsal surprise party as they're, as they're preparing the house. Yeah, uh, fr- uh, Fran explains to Gracie that they need to do this or else she will die. Fran, how come we're practicing the surprise party? Then it won't be a surprise. Oh, sweetie, at your age, a surprise is a big thrill. At her age, they're already rubbing two panels together and yelling, clear! <laughs> it's made very, very clear that Sylvia's mental and physical well-being hangs on the success of this party. Well, now, no, just it hangs on the, we cannot actually surprise a woman as old as she is because she will fucking die. She'll just collapse. And that will be the end of Sylvia. And then Fran won't have a mum anymore. She won't. She won't have. We'll a just mom. have a dad that is that is never seen on camera. <laughs> the Maris of the nanny universe. Yeah, uh, but Maxwell is uh, loaning the the Maxwell house uh, because he's not going he's to not be, be there. there. It's not his problem, yeah. and he has staff to tidy up after the party. <laughs> he and Cece are going off to somebody's house that is a reference uh, that I don't know, and I cannot even remember the name of it. It's not somebody who like shows up. We're taking the train to Jean Shallot's for the weekend. Jean Shallot, Boha! Is he sexy or what? I'm gonna pitch a name. I don't think it's what was said. Tony Roma. I wanna. What's a fun name for him? Name a fun guy. Uh, Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> gritty. They're gritty. going to Gritty's they're house. Visit gritty. Uh, they're gonna visit Gritney. Gr- it's Gritney. It's Gritney, bitch. Gritney, bitch. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I'm amazed that Maxwell's like, yeah, sure, have your mother's birthday party. Who gives a shit? I'm not going to be here. It's fine. I mean, they don't want to make another set. And, I mean, the place is big enough. They had a wedding at it previously. It is a huge place. It makes me jealous that someone who, as someone who has to, like, pay for a venue for things, I'm like, oh, what if, what if I just had a friend who had a big house? Do you know what is great? Because you are turning 30 this year, you will learn the joy of just going on to Zillow and going, oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Like, visualizing what you would do I with the space. I can't... I'm not that... I mean, and maybe that will be the thing of when I turn 30. That will suddenly be the thing that I want to do. But I I don't derive any enjoyment from looking at a thing that I can't have and imagining what if I could have this. Oh, really? Oh, really? You have an Amazon wish list, Mandy. But those are all... <laughs> the, the, everything on the Amazon wish list is stuff that I ostensibly could buy. Yeah. But it's like, eh, I don't got, like... It's, a like mildly out of my price range. We're never going to be able to afford a house yeah. in this economy. Not unless suddenly my Patreon patrons get very generous. I thought you were going to say, not unless my Patreon patrons get very thirsty. <laughs> if I start selling feet pics, suddenly the Patreon goes up. We go from $100 a month to $450,000 a month, Let- and we bought a house. The house that Ben's feet built, not literally. Let us know, fanny heads, which is what I've decided to call you. <laughs> Let us know if you want to see Ben's feet. They're very potato shaped. They're not great feet at all. Like they're like um uh, like what I picture the McRib to be, and that they look fine on the top, but they're horrible on the bottom. The they- top is a very distinctive shape, and the bottom is not meant to be viewed upon with the naked eye. They look they're like baked potatoes, and then your toes are like the little roots that stick out when you have the potato too long. It looks like someone has taken a blowtorch to the underside of my feet. Cause you have you have very like round feet from the they're they're top heavy. If if a duck got turned into a human, they would have feet like mine because they kind of spread outwards like from it from like a Dorito, like an upside down Dorito with no, toes on the end. A duck still has like a, it's a flat, and yours is like when you look at it from the side, it is just like big on top. It is very round. It's like a blimp. Okay. Well, I'm not selling feet pics now. You have good year You just described feet. them for free. I have like weird skeleton feet. I, I mean, your feet definitely have a lot I of- I have finger toes. Your feet look like they were drawn in the Transformers comics in the late 90s. Like, there's so <laughs> many lines. I love you so much. I want to stress this. I have like, and uh, same thing with my hands. Yeah. I have like, simultaneously, my hands are very small. So they're like little children hands, but they're very veiny, like an old lady. So I look like the children in uh, Akira. We are finally giving the listeners what they want. And that is very detailed descriptions of our appendages. <laughs> That's what you've come That's, here for. Yes. Patreon.com slash bed pattern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So CC and... Maxwell is his name. I blanked on that for fully five seconds. Uh, Maxwell and CC are going, uh, they're taking the train north, I assume, to Tony Roma's house, to, to Gritty's house, to Gritty's house. The Gritty bitch. Maxwell leaves them two very nice bottles of wine, which will be later used to make sangria. Uh, yeah. Much to Niles' absolute sheer horror. Yeah, it is such a great thing. And first, I was wondering if they were going to comment on it because so they do the credits and the next scene is they're in the kitchen and Fran is dumping in the bottles. And then Maggie is just in the court, like off to the side, like ripping open uh, the little packets that you get at a diner and pouring them in. And it's because it is equal. She's not using sugar in this sangria. She's using equal. In her defense, the party is 80% old people for whom thinking about sugar could, and statistically would, kill them. Yeah, there's a lot of this opening bit is just Niles being perplexed at the food that they are serving. There is a bit earlier where he's going over the menu with Sylvia and is like, all of the foods are just finger foods. Like nobody can have a fork. And uh, Sylvia explains that if something is on a toothpick, it doesn't have any calories. Mm, That's how that works. She will later, in another episode, say that if you fold two slices of pizza on top of each other, the body doesn't know. So the (laughs) calories don't count. Yeah, it's all of this, like, 
old diet logic of like, oh, you can just fool the body into thinking yeah. that it's not as much food. It's it's kind of like old wives' tales if the tales were about food and were also absolute bullshit in the purest, strictest sense of the word. But yeah, they're getting ready for the actual party. Maggie has been warned about cousin Irving? Irving. Who is apparently a huge Dorcas Malorcus. Malorcus, um, they imply that he's a hunchback. He's supposed to be real ugly, and Fran is gonna give a signal of, like, avoid Irving, don't go see him. She does, like, an exaggerated, like, baseball signal that ends in her miming throwing up. And then Fran continues that bit because she wants to introduce her other cousin, whose name I can't remember, so that's also going to be Grittany. It's Grittany, too. (laughs) Cousin Grittany. (laughs) Cousin Grittany sounds like the best episode of the Addams Family. <laughs> ah, cousin uh, Grittany, who Niles is like, nah, I don't. I bet she has a great personality. Fran's like, no, but she got great big titties. She has tits for days, says Fran Fine, word for word, quote for quote, beat for beat. So and- Niles is like, yes, give me the signal and I will smush my face yes. in those titties and go. <laughs> it is. In fact, Grittany bitch. Um, <laughs> Cece's in the house because she thought that Maxwell and she were going to get the train from here. But it turns out that Niles committed a fireable offense by lying to Maxwell's business partner about the travel arrangements. But what is this sitcom if not fireable offenses? It's fireable offenses, colon, the series. There is another show that is fireable offenses, the series. And that was the animated version of Police Academy, which exists. I did not I, know that. I know because I saw a few episodes of it as a young kid and went, I do not need to continue watching this. Not when the real Ghostbusters is also on on the other channel. So you watch the real Ghostbusters. But uh, yeah, uh, Cece is annoyed about the wine. And so she decides she's going to go down to the wine cellar. Oh yeah, because so when uh, Maxwell donated this wine, it was a very fancy wine that went into some not very good sangria. Cece was very offended because she was like, I thought that was special wine for our trip. And we were going to get drunk and horny. (laughs) And they didn't get drunk and horny. But now Cece is here and now Cece can get more wine. So she goes down. She opens the cellar door. A phrase I wanted to say, because apparently it's the most beautiful phrase in the English language. I don't think that's true. Not while Charleston Chew is a thing the human mouth is capable of saying, but never mind. Charleston Chew? What What about Charleston Chew? Just listen to the... To the Charleston Chew. Mmm. Big titties. Badonkas. Badonkadonk. Fart. That's it. Bitch. <laughs> okay, so Cece goes down, she helps herself to some wine, she's humming and singing, the cellar door closes, she gets to the door with wine, goes to open it, and the handle fully breaks off. And it is a delightful sequence. We've been talking this whole time about how Lauren Lane is a very great physical yes. comedian, and she has never given any opportunities to really show that. Here it is in full force. She gets her Lucille Ball moment. Like, it is such an exaggerated, like, she starts off and is just a fun, like, trying to fix it and spend a lot of time with it. And then she's laughing and then she is screaming and crying. And clawing at the door like a deranged wildebeest. Do they the, claw? I don't know. And there is nothing, like, I, I don't think that this is online, so you will just have to watch the episode. But this is honestly just something of... I just want to show to people because there is no way to describe it's how great this scene indescribable. is. We'll give you a little clip here of the laughter kind of gradienting into the crying and screams. Uh, but you, ne- this really does need to be seen to be believed. This, is, this alone justifies your HBO Max membership. Here we go. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's top. That's that's top shelf shit. It is. It is very good. It's good shit. Uh, and Cece's kind of uh, pacing around, having a bit of a panic attack, which hashtag relatable. And then that's when Fran walks in. Uh, I can't remember why Fran. It was something she needed. So needed some extra wine. Yeah. She, she's in the wine cellar and she lets the door shut behind her because of course she does because a fanfic writer wrote this episode. <laughs> there's, a, there's only one bed in the, in, the cell, in, the, in the wine cellar and they're trapped in an elevator in the wine cellar. 
Uh, and, and also there's a coffee shop AU down there for some reason. So then Cece is freaking out. Yeah. Like you left, like screaming. And Fran doesn't immediately realize why she's screaming. And she's like, you let the door close and the handle's gone. And then Fran's like, well, let me do it. Because I can do it. I'm, then- I'm the main character. I can fix this handle. And then she kind of taps it against the hole for a bit. <laughs> and then goes, nope. And then just starts screaming her head off. Again, great. Solid this is stuff. this is going to be a di- the reason why we spent so much time talking about vagina's usefulness in a 69 pose is because so much of this episode is physical comedy that we can't fucking talk yeah. about. It would just be like, oh yeah, and it was real funny, which is horrible to listen to. Yes. Meanwhile, back at the party, Sylvia has arrived and they've done the surprise. Uh, the grandmother whose name I've forgotten, Yetta. Yetta is also there, and she decides. She's going to introduce Brighton as Cousin Shmooey. And Brighton's like, I'm not Cousin Shmooey. We went through this over the, the last season when I was in that one episode and you thought I was Shmooey. And yet uh, the impression does seem to be that she's confused and agitated and, and doesn't know who she's talking about. And she takes Brighton over and says, hey, this is, this is Cousin Shmooey. You haven't seen him since he was this tall. He's going to be uh, bar mitzvahed next week. And the guy says, oh, shit, we're going to be out of town. Here's some money, kid. And, and Brighton's like, oh, shit, I'm getting, being given money. And Yetta says, we split everything 50-50. <laughs> Suddenly, Brighton and Yetta are the smartest two people you, in that room. You laughed your head off. I laughed off. my fucking and head off. That was actually the second time that you laughed your head off at Yetta, because the first time you did it was actually during the surprise. Yeah, when she was facing the wrong door. She yeah. was facing the wrong door. solid and, shit. And yelling at everyone of like, don't, we have to be quiet, she's coming. She's watching the wrong door. But yeah, Yetta's, ri- like, Yetta's definitely in the past has been written as confused old woman. I mean, they still kind of do it. Like, yeah. there's even a thing of, like, they're talking about the surprise and then she goes over to Grace seems like, I don't I don't know why we're going to yell surprise, yeah. though. Uh, uh, and Grace has to be like, it's for your own daughter. It's for, it's the memory of the day that you shot this woman out your vagina. Yeah, you, you, you lend, you reclined back, they yelled pull, <laughs> she <laughs> shot out. But, yeah, uh, she got, like, she got a field goal. Touchdown! Yeah. It was also the Super Bowl past weekend. It was weekend. the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, yeah, Sylvia was a Super Bowl baby. Yeah. That's why she's got that ring. Um, That's why but- they have, they only do the Super Bowl, like, once a year, because they pick, like, a special baby that, okay, so what, what is nine months before whenever the Super Bowl is? Well, the Super Bowl just happened, it's February, so that's two months. So seven months before puts us in kind of June, July territory. Okay, so uh, you got to fuck on Memorial Day. <laughs> That's why they call it Memorial Day, to remind you, you have to remember to bone down. Yeah, so that you can get a Super Bowl baby and they got a special baby and get shot out. And then that is um, the football. This is, we're veering dangerously close to my stand-up bit about what I have no interest in football as a sport. But I think the way that you could make it more interesting is if you replace the ball with a baby. Because then there's stakes. Yeah. And this is where this is coming from because they shot out of Yetta's vagina and Sylvia. Sylvia wanted to shoot Fran out, but they were con- Fran was conceived at the wrong time of year, so it didn't happen. No Super Bowl baby for Fran. Instead, Super Bowl baby for that year. Fun fact: Jim Carrey. Look it up. Don't. <laughs> Why is this episode so much dirtier than the other one? Um, this is definitely not a first episode to don't. This better not be your first episode of this podcast because it is. It just deviated wildly from the way we usually do this show. Um, but yeah, Yetta, the thing I like about this moment, to get back on track, is that Yetta has definitely kind of weaponized her perceived forgetfulness and her perceived kind of elderly dodderiness. And also, just, this is a huge party. There's all these family members. Yeah. And people are used to that, of, like, doing the, like, oh, I haven't seen you since you were this big. And you have yeah. no idea who this person is. Oh, that's most of my childhood. It's like, oh, Lou, you haven't seen you since you... I, I have not seen you at all. Because the first time you saw me, my eyes were closed because I was baby. And I don't didn't see shit. And even if I could I see... I was busy with my toes. I had was, recently discovered them. I was not ready for you yet. <laughs> um, the priority at the time toes then binky then then titty then titty titty and then time and weather permitting whoever the fuck you are <laughs> um so yetta and, Br- and brighton are gonna run this con they're gonna they're gonna scam money off of people and split it 50 50 it's great meanwhile down in the cellar fran's been talking what is fran, what was, was this is one of our several cutbacks what what has fran been talking about 
Oh, oh, many things. Fran also did have a panic attack, a whole claustrophobia sequence. She had war flashbacks to a sail. She had a panic. She was up against the wall. She spotted a fuse box and she thought, ah, it's the fuse box for the alarm system. If we cut the wire, the alarm will go off. It will call for the police and they'll let us out. So she gets nail clippers from Cece and they clip it. And then the overhead fan, the cooling fan, because again, it is a wine cellar, stops being a fan and starts being a very interesting but immobile art piece and stops cooling them. And their immediate response to this is not, oh no, it's going to get warm in here, which is where I thought it was going to go. It's, oh no, oxygen. So Fran's been uh, talking. I mean, and- it does make sense, like, in at least in their thought, just yeah. because uh, they established er- earlier that it was originally made to be a bomb shelter. Yes. So that is why no one can hear them scream. Yeah. Even Fran, as loud as she is. It also explains why there's this big metal door on the on the, the cellar. But Fran uh, says when she's nervous, she likes to do hair. Yeah. And she as wants- opposed to Cece, who when she's nervous, she likes to drink, which is, this is a perfect place perfect for Perfect place to be stuck. If you're going to be stuck and, and drinking is your coping mechanism wine cellar is I love it she immediately has like Cece just has one of those like pop-up cups yeah she like just she has just it. has her she own little she up. has her own little glass she is all prepared uh, especially considering the story we learn later maybe that's why she had the pop-up cup on her but yeah Fran says when I'm nervous I do hair Cece says well you're not doing my hair Fran starts singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall and Cece decides oh Clearly, now you have to do my hair or I have to listen to your nasal singing. I can't believe this is happening. She sits down. We cut away back to the party. I think this is actually when we see the Brighton and Yet a bit. And when we cut back, Cece has more hair on her head than she had previously. Yeah, she basically has Sylvia's hair now, which is also a great callback to, I don't think this was an intentional callback, but Fran had previously done Gracie's hair and the same thing happened. So it seems like when Fran does hair, she can only do that one hairstyle in other people. Which is magnificent, which also suggests that maybe Sylvia made her do... Oh, yeah, I think that that was the thing implied, is that, like, she knows how to do that because that's what she did for her mom. This is when Cece kind of confides, for want of a better word, in Fran that she has a thing for Maxwell. And that this whole trip she was expecting sparks to fly. Yeah, because I guess they had had a previous trip. There was a whole thing where they had to do an emergency landing and they ended up uh, in Fiji and it was deserted. And then they got drunk at a bar and they nearly did something, but Maxwell was... Too much of a gentleman. To which Fran says... Let me get this straight. He was drunk. You were the only woman on a deserted island. (laughs) And he still didn't touch you. Yeah, and and they didn't. And they thought, uh, she thought Grittany would make it better. It's Grittany, bitch. But no, Grittany ditched. Bad joke? Not factually accurate? But yeah, so now she has big hair. And is trying to get Fran to play... uh, My brain keeps thinking spin the bottle but that's not what they did they played truth or dare they played truth or dare and fran doesn't want to play truth or dare because it seems like cc only picks truth and all of her truths are boring are boring but cc is like come on no i'll let you do my makeup Okay. Um, and at this point, like, between when we're cutting back, like, Fran has gone beyond just doing hair. Like, she's yeah. doing nails, and now she's really excited because she gets to do makeup. It's very exciting. Maxwell comes home because he was expecting Cece to meet him at the train station, and she doesn't show up. So he comes back. He's like, oh, Cece's gone missing. Niles, understandably, given his hatred of Cece, screams with excitement like a little baby girl. He, he, he happy baby. He's very happy baby. Um, they point out that Fran is also missing, and they're both missing. Fran and Cece are in the cellar, and Cece is fully talking about how she has feelings for him, and how attractive he is, and how she wouldn't change a thing. And then Fran's like, I'll actually get rid of that, that line of grey in his hair because he looks like Pepe Le Pew. And that is when Maxwell arrives. Uh, yeah, and there's a bit before about how 
Cece's right at the point where she's saying, like, oh, I basically wasted my life just wanting to be with this guy. He's ruined me for other men. And, like, don't be like me, Fran. Don't get all uh, obsessed with Maxwell because he'll ruin you. And that is when Maxwell comes and Fran is like, you get out of here. You suck for women. I don't know why that is my Fran voice today. Your Fran voice is very tooth focused. Very <laughs> teeth forward. And Cece looks like she's about to be all angry. And then she just runs and hugs Maxwell. Yeah. And like, I, yes, you freed me. I was here with this horrible woman who hates you. She wouldn't stop talking and she keeps saying how much she hates you. And Maxwell says, yeah, okay, come on upstairs. And as they're leaving, Fran gets her last revenge. She tells uh, Cece, oh, you left your purse at the back of the room. Cece uh, goes to get a purse and Fran doesn't even let the door swing shut. She pulls it shut. So she's just in the wine cellar. And you watch uh, Cece is just the hope fades from her eyes. She's she's not getting her Fiji moment. But it's after the party and uh, Maxwell and Fran are talking and uh, Fran is confided in. Maxwell uh, says uh, he thinks that Cece has a bit of a thing for him. And she's fucking obvious. Fran, but Fran acts like it's some, no, like some grand revelation. Like, may, could you possibly? Um, reveals that uh, she uh, fucking hates Maxwell and thinks Maxwell's ugly as shit and that uh, she thinks that grey hair makes him look like Pepe Le Pew. Basically sabotage. And then she and then uh, Fran mentions the, the the Fiji trip which Maxwell reveals. Oh no, I we were at the consulate and I, I was terribly sick. I was bedridden for days. I don't feel like that bit there's any payoff there. Like I feel like no, it's, it's not like, really it's one of those. I feel like at this point they have gone too far into the oh, Cece is entirely delusional with this relationship, which is yeah. an annoying thing. As we've pointed out, where early on, like on the pilot thing, it kind of seems like oh yeah, it would make sense that she would think that this would be a yeah. thing, and even to the point of it seems like Maxwell is somewhat leaning into it, like yeah. getting a use out of her, but not actually committing to any kind of relationship. And now at this point, they've gone full on cc is delusional they've never had anything and it just it just ends yeah i think it would be better if the maxwell side of the story was oh we were both sick we were both fevered and delirious because then there's an explanation for why she thinks this thing happened and the version that we ended up with very strongly suggests that uh, Cece imagined it, and she's she's clinging to this delusion. Like she had a delusion. Yeah, because it's he not even sick. it's not even like an implication of like she lied and was bragging about this. Because there is this whole like bragging back and forth yeah. where Cece talks about how she's seen Maxwell in a swimsuit and how good he looks, and Fran is like, "Oh, I haven't seen it, but I have seen him naked. I've seen his full cock and ball out." That's what she says, <laughs> yeah. word for word. Yeah. So there's like this back and forth. But the story that Cece gave didn't seem like, oh, I'm making up a story to uh, make you jealous. It seemed like a full-on... This like, is the thing that happened. Yeah, this is why she feels that she has this chance is because of this previous yeah. thing. And then they just kind of hand wave it away. Um, yeah, it's, this weird, it's a weird way to end the episode, have, having us questioning Cece's grip on reality. Yeah, and this is kind of where we're going to end up with things where at this point Cece is just a delusional person because yeah. they can't have a previous relationship because Fran has to be the one to get Maxwell over his dead wife. Yeah. And we can't do that if Maxwell was having this side piece. Yeah. So we do get a, a, a little scene during the end credits. We get uh, Yetta and Brighton splitting up the money. Brighton's got 70. Yetta has got 180 something. Yeah. And Brighton points out that's not a 50-50 split. And Yetta points out she's old. She lives in a home. She'll be dead in a week. He lives in this big house. He lives in a mansion. She lives in a home. Also. Like, mostly just like, oh, you're already fucking rich. What do you need this money for? So, I mean, here's the thing. Yetta's not wrong. Yeta is not wrong. There's also a bit earlier when she's leaving at the end of the party. Thank you for a lovely evening. And if you find a nice diamond cocktail ring, you could send it to me at the home. Yetta, you don't have a diamond cocktail ring. 
I'm just saying, if you find one. Yetta's great in this episode. Yeah. Yetta my, is my favorite thing about this episode. Uh, Yetta is great. And just the whole, like, check your privilege, kid. Yeah. Just years. She was the original Tumblr. She was the, yeah, Yetta, Yetta.tumblr.com. <laughs> That's blog number two. Blog one, obviously, is stuff. And I then th- there's I, Yetta. I, I, I there is no way that yetta.tumblr.com is available. That uh, has to be taken. Let me see who has yetta.tumblr.com because if it's no one, it's us. Yeah, it's someone who's not doing anything with their Tumblr. That's a shame because it could have been us. Oh, well. Yetta invented that privilege game where uh, you remember the one that was going around of, I don't even think it was ever real. It was like, here's what my college course did. We all had to be in a line. And if you had privilege, you had to take a step forward. If you didn't have privilege, you had to take a step back. It was the most bullshit thing. It was just made. And then we all clapped. It was just made for 4chan people to get mad at. Yetta is the person who founded your fave is problematic. (laughs) That's what it is. Um, So yeah, that's, that's more or less the episode. What did you think? I really enjoyed this episode. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I There's a lot of physical comedy, which makes it difficult to actually talk about. But it's an episode that really utilizes its actresses. I mean, not just like Fran and Cece are kind of like the main core of this episode, but even like using Sylvia and using Yetta of like, they're all hilarious. There's a bit that we didn't even talk about of Sylvia asking Yetta what she got her for her birthday. Uh, Yetta kind of like, eh. And so he's like, oh, you didn't forget me, did you? And I was like, no, of course not. And then he's like leaning over to Gracie and like wrote her name on a thing. He's like, get out there and put this on the biggest box. Uh, There's all of these little bits that I almost like, there's so much that we didn't talk about on this because it was just, I feel like it was just hit, 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 hit. And I I loved it. It was was very good. It's a a very visual episode. And it's also an episode with a great, like the idea of like Fran and Cece as a pairing, like they're the focal. I always love it when a TV show does, oh, let's do this one interesting pairing. Let's focus on this interesting pairing. I always think about, I don't always think about, but I like, for example, uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 4 has been pairing Booker with Stamets, which I think is a very interesting combination and not one I think of, like when I think of the characters in that show and that ensemble, that's not a pairing that I think of spending a lot of time together. And Fran and Cece are not built, they're not characters built to socialize with each other. They're never going to go to the, like, a store together because they go to different stores. They're never going to do the same activity together. So taking that pairing and then dropping them in a situation where they are trapped, it is, again, that fanficy like, locked in a cupboard, trapped in an elevator, there's only one bed, like, that kind of trope. And just having them, like, they're both consciously or unconsciously interested in Maxwell. Yeah, romantically. It's it's great taking them outside of typically when they're interacting, Maxwell's in the room and they're just kind of quipping each other and they're just removing them from that situation and seeing how they interact just on their own together. Yeah, and that's great. Like, Cece deciding that her own physical appearance is less important than not being annoyed by Fran singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall. But then uh, just perennially being shocked by how messed up her hair is. There's a bit where she's talking about going on the trip and how Maxwell will be running his fingers through her hair and like she does and her hair is like, is totally stuck because it's like shellacked. It springs back when she was a hand away from her hair. Another great thing is there is the implication that if they were not quote unquote rivals for the same romantic interest they might actually be friends because once Cece has had a few drinks she wants to socialize with friends she wants to play truth or dare like this is a person that she is it seems like beginning to enjoy the company of. yeah this is a great Cece episode yeah. partly because again Lauren Lane gets to do a lot of physical acting she really carries this episode just in the way that like she yeah. handles everything and it is it is such a big performance in a way that she typically doesn't get to be because yeah. she has to be the reserved one. But because they've taken everything away and the only person who's seeing her is Fran, so now she has the chance to entirely flip out. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't become difficult again until Maxwell shows up and Cece sees that as an opportunity to gain, quote unquote, a lead in her romantic rivalry with yeah. Fran. And it's partly the reason why the ending sort of falls flat with the like, oh, Cece just made it up and is completely delusional. Because yeah. everything leading up to that is really making Cece an actual character. Yeah. Of I- here's how this whole, this on and off bit has really affected her and kind of damaged her yeah. trying to get a relationship outside of that. Could... 
Could an argument be made that this is the first episode, one and a half seasons in, this is the first episode that is about CC. I think pre- previous episodes, CC is a springboard for narrative, like the, the one with the investor uh, coming to town, or she is someone to be quipped at or to quip with. I mean, there's also, there's the one when her father is there, yes. and that's, that's a big CC episode. But it's still a CC episode where it's, it's somewhat basic. It's just the easy, like, oh, she got daddy issues. Yeah, that, epi- that episode is entirely about Cece's relationship with her father, whereas this episode is about Cece. Yeah. I feel like we learn more about Cece in this 22 minutes than we have, I think, over the last season and a half of show. Yeah, and I, I think that it's great. It is justice for yeah. Cece all the way. Hashtag Cece was right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great. This would be an episode that I would recommend to people. This is an episode that I remembered uh, like watching. I mean, it probably was like a year ago at this point. Yeah. I remember watching and really enjoying. Like, I was excited for this episode. And I'm glad because like, there's other episodes in this season that I've been excited for. And then we watched them. It was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, but no, this episode. This one held up? Yeah. This one really held up. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree with you. This is a good one. This is an episode where if I wanted to show someone what is good about the nanny this is what i would show them even though there's a lot of things that are kind of outside a typical episode like there's not a lot of niles and cc kind of like doing their banter thing but it also kind of goes to show that they don't necessarily need that because niles also gets to do a bunch of things because he's horrified by what they consider party food especially when he tries to make fancy party foods and they don't want it his face when fran is making the sangria is it's like playing with a with a face on uh, Gary's mod. Like I did not know that uh, that his his face could contort in that way. Uh, he he does an excellent horniness. He's he gets being very horny. very horny in this episode. Um, and also there's a bit where uh, Fran is distressed at him because he made a nice dip and she doesn't want the dip. She wants a French onion dip and gotta yeah. go get that in the Lay's from the grocery store. It's everyone except. Grace has something to do in this episode. They have a moment, because even Maggie gets that moment, and we kind of skimmed past it, but where she's hiding in the party, and then this cute boy approaches her and says, hey, what, why are you hiding away like this? And she says, oh, I'm trying to hide from this this geek Irving. And then the, the, the handsome boy reveals, oh, I'm Irving, and walks away, and she kind of like, bash. Like, every character except for Gracie. Gra- like, Gracie, the most that she gets to do, she's a setup for Yetta for Yeta, to do yeah. things. Uh, but she doesn't get to do a funny thing on her own. Yeah. But which I kind of get because it's it's difficult typically like she's at an age where she's got to do funny things like yeah. she there are bits where she does funny things but the plot kind of has to stop in order to give her the time to do the thing yeah and she she definitely has episodes where like the mother's day episode for example she she's a big focal point of that episode um the therapy episode as well like she's she's a capable child actor but when the writers don't have anything for her they tend not really to give her anything which is a shame because otherwise again everyone i feel like everyone except grace has a has a moment in this episode that's like i don't feel like maxwell really like maxwell's another one that just seems mostly like he's set up that's true maxwell doesn't really get a lot to do I, everyone except then maxwell and grace unless you have more characters you want to throw at me uh sylvia really i guess background also. actor four background actor four actually i really think this is the moment that cemented their role on the show and i think that it re- kind of redefines what the nanny is going to be because background actor four um, it's kind of the linchpin of this whole thing. What was Britney doing? What do you think Britney actually did at their party? Uh, lip sync performances to Toxic. <laughs> on loop. That's the whole thing. And it's not even, it's, it's a sound like, like you hear in a, in a, a Dollar General, not the actual. It's the kids bop version. It's the kids bop version of Toxic. In your head, what is Britney? Britney is... Well, we know what Gritty is. Yes. And we know what Gritney is, because we've seen photos of Gritney. We haven't seen photos of Gritney's Grit- a real thing. Gritney's real? Gritney's real. What? Hang on. You didn't know Gritney was real? I thought you were just doing a bit. I thought you made it up because you were so smart. Gritney's real. What? Gritney is real. Gritney is what if Britney and and Gritty. Oh, oh, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my wife, Someone Ben. A- ben, we can't get married anymore because you're already legally married to Britney. Yeah, that's my wife. That's my wife, Benjamin. <laughs> oh, 
in fairness, Gritty was already my wife, but that's my wife! Gritty and Gritney. Anyone who loves you has to love Gritney. And that's me. Hi. How you doing? Hi. Hi. But yeah, that's Gritney. It's Gritney, bitch. <sighs> I didn't know it was real. I thought you were just doing a little bit. And I was like, can you explain to me what in your head? <laughs> oh, I love her. Anyway, um, what are we watching next time? Next time we're watching... When you pish upon a star, Fran regrets encouraging Maxwell to hire a young TV star for his next play. Game show host Bob Barker and columnist Liz Smith appears themselves. Well, that sounds like something very exciting to watch next time. Uh, just as a reminder, we are currently on a uh, bi-weekly schedule, or fortnightly, if you are of Maxwell's home country, uh, just for scheduling reasons. But we will, uh, as soon as we're able to, we'll go back to a weekly schedule. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out on Her Family. If you enjoy the show, uh, do please consider telling your friends, your family, uh, tweet about us, talk about us on social media. Itty bitty baby podcasts, independent podcasts like ours, live and die by word of mouth, and we would certainly appreciate yours. Mandy, where can people find you on the media socials? Uh, you can find me at Mandy Quesadilla on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at Ben Padden. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also Tumblr, but I mostly just reblog social. Yeah, we are both on Tumblr, but don't but yeah, don't, don't, need, but don't, but go, don't, there. But don't, don't. go there. Don't go there. If you want to support... You can go to Fran Drescher <laughs> Ahigal. Yes, Fran Drescher Ahigal at uh, that, that does exist. That, that is a Tumblr exist. that I got. Any updates to that one? No. No? Cool. All right. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Padden. That money goes directly into our mouths. Yum, 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 it yum. It goes yum. into your mouth. I don't get any of that yeah. mouth. I use it to buy groceries. You've eaten some of my Patreon money. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can find us on social media. We are out on her fanny on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think that's those are the only three that we're on, right? Yes. We should probably set up a TikTok at some point. But then what would we put it there? Put there, just nanny clips. Yeah, I mean we could do clips from yeah, the from the episodes. From the episodes. And you can find the podcast at oofcast.com. That's O-O-H-F-Cast.com. You're, what are you doing this weekend? This weekend, we are going to be at Gallifrey One, the Doctor Who convention here in Los Angeles. Tickets have all sold out, slash they stopped selling them. Um, so if you're going to be there, I'm really looking forward to seeing you. If you are not going to be there, I'm really looking forward to spying through your bedroom window after the con. If you are going to be there, but you don't want to see me... Uh, that hurts my feelings. Oh, you cry. Yeah. But we're going to be doing four panels, or three panels in the Game of Rastalon live show. I'm doing two cosplays. You're doing two cosplays, which is two more than I'm doing, and of the two of us, I'm the one who likes Doctor Who. I mean, one of them isn't Doctor Who. One of them. Yeah. Oh, do you want to tell our listening audience who's a guest at the Doctor Who convention this weekend? Oh, Eric Roberts, uh, star of the Lifetime movie series, Stalked by My Doctor. What was the name of the newest one? Just Uh, what the Doctor ordered? Yes. Yes, that's the newest movie in this series. And Eric Roberts is in it. Yeah, he's the, he's the main <laughs> doctor. He's, he's, he's my doctor. He Hill. is the titular doctor whom stalked you. Yeah, but apparently he was also in a Doctor Who, uh, not yeah. not as a doctor. So he goes to the convention sometimes. Yeah, he's, he's played the master in the 96 TV movie, replacing Christopher Lloyd, who they thought would be too expensive. Eric Roberts worked out being pricier in the long run. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I've been Ben. I've been Mandy. And yes, we, we do, do know, know it means, means vagina. vagina. Vagina is just more difficult to do a 69 with because it's you got to reach further, you got to really stretch for it. Grand Geek Gathering.